Good afternoon, good evening to everyone. I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, May 20th, 2021. I've had a very productive day already. I did an hour on Fox News this morning. I was on Outnumbered with the ladies of Fox News. If you don't think that there are genders that exist in the universe, you should just watch Outnumbered because they have four female co-hosts and then they have one male co-host. I was the male and obviously they were female, so... I don't know, should that show be allowed on TV? Who the hell knows? That's no, a great show. Harris Faulkner is a fantastic host and all the ladies are wonderful. We got a lot going on today. We are doing a Q&A. Uh, we had dozens and dozens, if not over a hundred questions submitted at rubenreport.locals.com. But before we get to all the questions and we tried to mix them up as much as possible today, I wanna show you a video of this crazy alcoholic psychotic woman uh, named Nancy Pelosi. Take a look. We all hopeful, and I join the president in being hopeful, uh, that we can reach a place where it is safe for people to be. What is this, the honor system? The honor system as to whether somebody has been vaccinated? Do you want them breathing in your face on the strength of their honor? So let, let's just see. Um, let's just see. I and mean, again, we have, this is about science and governance, and science and governance, we have a responsibility to make sure of that the House of the Representatives chamber is not a petri dish for the, uh, because of the selfishness of some not to be vaccinated or to insist or to wear a mask uh, because it. Can someone just find me a remotely sane Democrat like. Not fully sane. I think that the ship has sailed on that. And unless you have a time machine, probably go back now to the 1800s. Maybe we could find some. Yes, I know JFK. Okay. Um, these people have completely lost their minds. And I do wonder when Nancy Pelosi got her most recent, recent injections or facelift or whatever she got, was she wearing the mask the whole time? And are, were you allowed to do that under her very own regulations? We do know that she got a haircut when she had closed down you know, other barber shops and all that stuff. But she said something there that I thought was really interesting. She said, what are we gonna do? We're gonna trust in the honor system? That's kind of what a free civil society does, Nancy. Now, I know that's not really the society that you're trying to usher in and the authoritarian lunatics who follow you are trying to usher in, right? You want the government to tell everyone what to do at all times, including what they should have injected in their arm and what they should wear on the face. Uh, and what type of jobs they should have and how much they should be paid for those jobs, et cetera, et cetera. I get you want absolute complete control, but that is the worst sort of fear mongering because she wants you to be afraid of your neighbor. And in many ways, this is the anti-vax position. She has been vaccinated. Everyone she is in contact with is vaccinated. Uh, Thomas Massey, who's a congressman from Kentucky, I mentioned this yesterday, he tweeted out that in Congress right now, almost no one is wearing masks privately, meaning the security, meaning the Congress people, the staff, et cetera, et cetera. It's only when these clowns like Nancy Pelosi go out on television or go into Congress when they're being filmed on C-SPAN, et cetera, et cetera, that, do they put, that is when they put the masks on. So it's all theater, it's all nonsense, and she's anti-vax because, you know what? If the vax works, and I'm to believe that it works, right? That's what we're being told, it works. I'm not anti-vax. 
if the vax works, well then if a few people are out there that aren't vaxxed and they cough in your face, Nancy, well, you shouldn't get sick if the vax works. And by the way, they also frame it sort of that it's either gonna be vaccinated people and everyone else is gonna be diseased. And it's just like, no, actually, the people who don't get vax will eventually hit herd immunity. We know people aren't just dropping dead left and right. And, and in many cases, we've all just moved on. Whatever the reality of COVID was, something has broken in the last week or so. Everyone can kind of feel it now. We're all just moving on, but they can't let go of the control that they attained in all of this. And that is the problem. Now, for the record, I would not want Nancy Pelosi breathing in my face because I'm sure the woman is swigging grain alcohol in the morning and you know what that's like, that breath that kind of burns your eyes and, and nobody should have to deal with that. And I, I wouldn't want to listen to her, her talk anyway. Uh, but these are ridiculous people. She talks, this is, she says this is about science and governance. Well, A, she doesn't believe in science. That's become very clear because she had people wearing masks even after they were told not to. And the only thing that she believes in is governance, meaning that that is the end all and be all for her, the power that she can wield over you common people. And we should not pay much attention. Unfortunately, she never says words like liberty, freedom, individual rights, constitution, you know, that kind of stuff, that, that old school stuff. Anyway, I don't like you, Nancy Pelosi. Okay, let's move on. We got a whole bunch from the Q&A, so here we go. Keith says, if not Caitlyn Jenner, what Republican slash conservative in California should run against, <laughs> against Governor Gruesome? Um, well, look, I said it on the show yesterday. It is my belief at this point that the Caitlyn Jenner thing is, is just a hoax. It, it's not real. They put out a good campaign ad. She did one interview with um, Sean Hannity. But in essence, we've reached out all through all the private channels that you possibly can. I've reached out publicly and everything else. And it doesn't matter. It's not, I'm not making this about me, whether she has to do this show like that would prove if she was legit, but she's not doing other media. And it's not that, that, that they're just not doing it. The fact that they haven't responded either shows you have completely incompetent people beneath you, or this is just some theater thing to get your name out there so you can have a reality show. And my gut feeling is that there probably is a crew of reality show people around her in the midst of this thing. So it is my belief that the whole thing is a hoax, it is a sham, and I basically am not gonna be talking about Caitlyn Jenner anymore, I just don't think it's real. Unfortunately, we don't have a great crop. Uh, you know, there's a couple other people, a few of you have mentioned a few names. Your question is though, who should run? Like, who should run? Well. You know, I suppose if we could reanimate the corpse of Ronald Reagan, that would be nice. Um, but I don't know if there's time for that before the, uh, before the recall happens. So that one would be tough. I guess the question is, is there a sane Republican who would want to do this, run in a one-party state, go against the machine, go against the hate? You know, in essence, is there a, a sort of Trump of, of California? And I know there's decent guys, by the way. I like, the, I like Major Williams, uh, Kevin Faulkner, who I think is the, he was the mayor of San Diego, is or was? He was the mayor of San Diego. There, there are a couple of decent guys out there. The question is, can they ever get enough juice uh, to make a move? Maybe we'll do a Friday show. I'll get a couple of the panel. I'll get a couple of the candidates on. That, that would be just fine. And I'm happy to. I'm happy to support anyone that's sane. And yes, anyone, literally anyone, would be better than Newsom. I, the homeless guy who lives on the corner over here, who's talking to himself all day and peeing in the bucket, I would vote for him over Gavin Newsom. Um, so. I don't know, like who is that person? Is there a, I don't know, it would have to be someone with celebrity power. So I don't know, is it a John Voight? I mean, you know, John's obviously older at this point, but is there like a celebrity 
say conservative leaning, sane minded person in California who would be willing to do it. And it just doesn't look like that person exists. And I think we should all act accordingly and make decisions for ourselves with that in mind. And I speak for myself when I say that. Owen says, how about a brief word on how you feel about Trump's statement? Quote, they aren't coming for me, they are coming for you. I just got in the way. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I think I've said many times over the last couple months, you know, Trump to me was the guy guarding the gate. The barbarians were at the gate. And as Douglas Murray said, all the elites were basically, instead of going, hey, maybe we need to help the guy at the gate, maybe we need to fortify the gate, we got problems, the barbarians are about to bust into the castle, all the elites were going, oh, what gender pronouns should we call the people on the other side of the gate? Are those she's or he's or they's or hers or, or zeers or whatever the hell they are? Um, and Trump, in essence, was the guy that said, hey, I'm here for the common man. I know it's an odd thing because I'm a billionaire and I'm orange and I got this funny hair, but I'm sort of standing here and staking my ground, which is, I think, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing you can do as a human being. Say, this is what I believe. I am here. And Trump was willing to play a horrifically dirty game that involves doing bad things and lying and cheating and all of the shit that they do, by the way, and he was willing to do it back to them. And that's what Republicans usually aren't willing to do. I would also say that, you know, Tucker, to some degree, one of the things that I've often said about Tucker is that the reason that media matters and mainstream media and the Washington Post and all of these fraudulent organizations, the reason they're always coming for Tucker is not because they just wanna take out Tucker Carlson. It's not for a singular hatred of Tucker Carlson, but it's more because it's like, oh, if, we, if they can take him out, well, they took out the president. Not only did they take out the president, they wiped him off social media. They wiped him off social media, okay? Not only did they take out the president, but now they took out Tucker, you know, the, the highest rated show in the history of cable news. And that's why it's important that these people in many ways are acting as proxies for you. I, I suppose I am at some level, and that's why the New York Times just in the last two weeks said that this was a white supremacist show or something to that effect. And, and I, at this point, I can just kind of laugh it off. Um, but it, it belies a much bigger problem, which is that we need more and more people to stand up because eventually just people won't, you know what I mean? Like so many people don't already, but then the few that might are just gonna be like, what's the point? What's the point if, if people don't back me? Uh, Patrick says, Dave, do you think when the next pandemic inevitably turns up, the American people will be as compliant and unquestioning as this time? Well, first I would say, you know, for the first few weeks, say three weeks, four weeks even, of this pandemic. We had never faced anything like this. Let's put aside whether whether you think it came from a lab or from a bat or how mismanaged it might've been or what states could have done, put all that aside for a second. We had never faced anything like this in, in our modern times, right? Pretty much everyone watching this had never faced anything like this. And, and if you did, I'd like to know your story. <laughs> um, so those few weeks, we all did what we were supposed to do. I mean, th th I think one of the biggest lies out there is that somehow if only we had done all the stuff at the beginning, if Trump had only said, scared people more and we should have done all of this stuff that none of this would have ever happened. And it's like, no, everyone everywhere kept masks on, wore gloves, all of the stuff for a couple weeks. And then of course, then there was the cascade of endless lockdowns and all the horrible stuff. In answer to your question as to whether people will be as compliant and unquestioning, I think that our elite class, and what I would I would say, the, the Fauci's at the science and government level, to the governors, as I'm looking at you, Newsom and Cuomo and some of the other ones, um, they've, they've blown their credibility. 
So what I think is gonna happen, there is gonna be a furthering of the, the disconnection of America, which I think maybe is a good thing ultimately, that people will just go to places that are in line with the way they believe. You guys all know my thoughts on that. And what I think will happen is when the next thing comes, whether it's COVID-4 or whether it's they want climate lockdowns or they're gonna tell you that the zombies you know, show up at night, I think what will happen is places like Florida and Texas um, and some of the other red places, let's say Tennessee, a couple others, they're gonna stay open, they're gonna fight it and they're gonna let people make choices for themselves because they learn their lesson and the blue people will just they will just fold like wet paper bags. I mean, I think that's really what will happen. I think, so in many ways it'll be much healthier because there was a test run. If you look at it this way, that in the last year and a half, we were all tested. We were tested at an individual level, right? All of us were tested. What are we made of? What are we, listen, what are we listening to? What are we willing to believe? Do we accept facts? Like where do we balance fear and liberty? All of the stuff, right? And then we were tested at a societal level. Like how much can they push us and how easily do we just crumble? And it's fairly obvious that a lot of people do crumble and a lot of people, I mean, I went, I don't leave my house that often here in Los Angeles, but I, I had an appointment on the other side of the hill the, uh, yesterday and the amount of people wandering around outside, 75 degrees, sunny day, LA in masks, it's, it's just bananas. So uh, I, think, I think we will all, I, well, let's put it this way. I think you watching this right now, you will do a better job. This guy will do a better job and the people around us will do a better job. Uh, Jacob says, how are you feeling about being Jewish in America? The only people I hear speaking up for the Jews or fellow Jews, the left is silent. So first of all, I wanna say that I've seen a lot of people uh, stand up for the Jews, including Nikki Haley and Meghan McCain and, and plenty of others and plenty of non-public people. Um, but to the heart of your question, I mean, this is, this is kind of the 5,000 year old story of the Jews. You know, I mean, if you look at every Jewish holiday, it's like, you know, they tried to kill us, they killed a bunch of us. Some of us survived, now let's eat. Like that, that's kind of the story, right? That's, that's the story, that's, it's, a, it's a brutal history. Somehow Jews survive it, right? I mean, you know, in essence, what's the, what's the story of Hanukkah? That's the one that is sort of the most uh, ubiquitous in American society. I mean, it's the, it's the story of the Maccabees, the Jews that were living in the Judean hills, right? Judean might have something to do with the word Jewish. That's where the West Bank is now. It used to be called Judea and Samaria. That's what it always was called basically until 1976, uh, sorry, 1967. Um, it's the story of them defending their land against the Greeks. Now, the funny part of this is Rashida Tlaib, who's uh, you know the worst sort of modern anti-Semite and terrorist sympathizer and all that stuff. Um, she, during Hanukkah for the last couple of years, she'll always send out a happy Hanukkah tweet. And it's like, well, lady, you do know that the happy Hanukkah thing that you're wishing to the Jewish people is a defense of them living in their land that was thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, a place that you don't want any of them to live now because you call it the West Bank and you don't want any of them to live there, or that Jesus guy who lived in Bethlehem and Bethlehem's in the West Bank and that Jesus guy happened to be a Jew. I mean, everything's so crazy, but I would say um, it's a little scary, I suppose. It's a little scary, I suppose, but I would rather stand up for what I believe in and fight for my life and the life of my family and friends and the right ideals that I always preach here and be hated than to bow and be loved. And I think a lot of people right now are trying to just bow and be loved. And I, not only do I not wanna do that, and I will never do that, I don't think it's a way, it's not a way to live. It's not a way to live. And if you think, I think a lot of Jews do feel this at some level. It, you, they're just like, ah, 
the left's not so bad. These people, sure, there's you know mobs of Palestinian activists attacking Jews on the streets of LA and in London and whatever, but if I'm kind of quiet, if I'm kind of good, if I kind of deny my history or something like that, like I'll skate by. It's like, you know, Hitler didn't, didn't go, oh, were you a little more Jewy than this Jew? And then we'll figure it out that way, right? Like, that's just not how it works. So I, I think you must, you know, you must fight for your right to live and, and exist. And I think most, I actually think, I mean, this is the, the, this is the thing that social media has done to so many people. People think that because things get ratioed on Twitter or the numbers are this or that or a zillion people hate you. It's like one of the things that I've noticed on Twitter lately is all the hate that I get is always bumped to the top. And the people that support me, I have to scroll and scroll and scroll. I don't really look at my mentions anymore because of this. Because if I tweet something out, a gajillion people who hate me and say awful things, those always get pushed to the top. And then I have to click view more and it's usually view more for like hateful material or something. And I click it and it's like, I'm with you, Dave, you know, enjoy this. Oh, you wanna see this meme. So we're being manipulated in crazy ways. I actually think most people um, stand with democracy, stand with freedom. And as Neil Ferguson, who I had on the show, who's an incredible historian from Stanford, if you haven't seen that interview, the guy is just an absolute powerhouse. We did it a couple, couple years ago. You know, could we link to that actually maybe, my interview with Neil? Uh, we'll link to it in the description here. Um, we did it in July. He was like, man, that was July of 2019. So a long time ago. He's actually also Ayan Hirsi Ali's husband, which a lot of people don't know. Um, but he talked about how basically Israel is sort of like the thing that the left hates the most because they know if they can take that out, take out the history of that and the, and the freedom and the idea that people can return to their ancient homeland, well, then you can basically destroy the rest of the West. So there is a battle for the West. There is a battle for the West happening right now. Uh, Neil says, do you think employers in blue areas will essentially create a caste system with restrictions lifted for vaccinated employees only? So I actually got some interesting information that Michael told me right before this. So the, in California here, the Occupational and Health Standards Board has basically just put out a guideline that you can now return to work if you're vaccinated and with social distancing um, but be, because they're not gonna test anyone for vaccinations at this point, um, you have to take it by word. And if someone says that they're not vaccinated, then the whole company can't go back. Okay, this is, this is sort of evolving at the very moment. And this is where things get very dangerous. We're all allowed to make our own choices. I know that makes people very uncomfortable. I know that makes Nancy Pelosi very uncomfortable, that people are gonna come up to her and cough in her face and she's very frail, I understand that. But again, with the alcohol in her, I feel like it would kill a lot of the germs. Um, but this is gonna be a huge problem. This is gonna be a huge problem because blue states will basically have, it's not just the rules. You know what, let's put aside the rules for a second. It's, it's the culture of fear where everyone will be looking at everyone. You're not wearing a mask. Were you vaccinated? Can I see something that proves you were vaccinated? Do you have a QR code stamped on your forehead? Like. That is what is far more worrying to me, the general culture of fear and the way we will be able to manipulate people in the future, far more than what the Office of Occupational and Health Standards Board is telling people what to do. But also this is an odd outsourcing, 
I shouldn't say odd, I suppose this is an obvious outsourcing of government responsibility. The government knows it can't get away with a vaccine passport right now because it would violate your right to, to privacy and medical records and all sorts of stuff. But if they can sort of have guidelines to tell companies that, oh, you should probably do this with your employees. Well, in essence, that's sort of the government telling you those things. And, and we know that this is what they're doing, which by the way is consistent with what the Democrats have done. Remember that? clip we showed, what, six, eight months ago during the big tech hearings where AOC was in essence saying, hey, we know we can't regulate speech, so you better, talking to Mark Zuckerberg, and he looked at her in a, in a human moment. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy's a robot, but he looked at her and he's like, well, lady, I can't do that. I can't do that, like that's not my job and it's against the government's job. But so you wanna outsource the tyranny of government to the private companies and hopefully people will push back. Uh, Lynn says, was it difficult to interview Michael Malice? What did you think of his outfit? So if you didn't see it yet, and I hope you did, I interviewed Michael Malice last week. We just put it up in the last couple of days. And he was dressed as Q from uh, the DC comics. And I did not know what he was dressed as. He told me he was coming to be dressed as something. And he did not want me to see him before we did the interview live. So I was in here when I sat down, he did his thing with my guys. And then we, we you can see the beginning of the interview when I actually see him. I swear to you, I thought, it was just my suspicion that he was gonna come dressed up as B. Arthur from the Golden Girls, Dara these Bornak, because he loves the Golden Girls, he knows I love the Golden Girls. You may remember that the time before that he was in studio with me, he dressed up as Tulsi Gabbard. He wore one of her white pantsuits, and I just had a feeling it was gonna be B. Arthur and he was gonna do the entire thing in drag and make me ask him about politics. But instead he, drew, he dressed up as Q, uh, we had a great interview. You know, it was funny because for the first minute or two, you know, there's this weird thing. It's like, are you gonna do this the whole time? Like we we did over an hour. Like, are you gonna just not take this thing off and everything else? And the suit was pretty awesome and the mask was amazing. I think someone in his locals community actually made him the mask. Um, but, you know, he's so good. He's such a clear thinker. He has such an incisive way of speaking that pretty much after like three minutes, it was, it was sort of like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you're you, and that's the way we're gonna do it. So I, I love Malice, I just love him. Uh, all right, what's next? I, I want to try to do as many of them quick as possible. I'm joining uh, Seb Gorka on Newsmax right after this, so I gotta go quick. Uh, Dave, have you, this is Curtis, have you mentioned, you have mentioned Ayn Rand occasionally. What made you attracted to her writings and philosophy, objectivism? Look, the ideas of individual rights, it is your job in this earth, on this planet, to fight for what is yours and that you shouldn't be outsourcing your decision-making to, to the government or to anyone else, I think is pretty great. I would say I have a lot in common with the objectivists. I've always enjoyed going to Ayn Rand events. These are people who take ideas seriously, love to debate, don't mind disagreement on stuff, which is really awesome. There was a fabulous event that I did with Jordan Peterson and uh, Yaron Brook and a couple people from ARI. There was major disagreement about belief, right? Because Jordan is a believer and believe, believes that's at the root of the individual. They don't, uh, objectivists, generally speaking, don't believe in belief. They, don't, they, don't, they are atheists and thus there's a huge argument to be had there and we had a great discussion and it was completely respectful and everybody was hugging and smiling and taking pictures after, all good. Brett says, when do you think Kamala will be taking over as president? She seems to be just hanging out in the wings until the transition. I mean, the question is either Biden just fully breaks down and it's too obvious and they have to do it or they just push him out, you know, he'll just announce right before the next election that he's not gonna do it. It's one of those two things. I suppose they've pushed him this far and although it does seem to be accelerating, 
Maybe he makes it to the end of the term, but I, I'd still be surprised. I'd still be surprised. Tim says, how can we make the Thomas Sowell interview happen with Jordan Peterson? So Jordan, I believe, had tweeted at the Sowell account, which is technically not run by Sowell, but I, I know he's tweeted that he wanted to have Soul on the show. We actually looped in Jordan's people with the Soul people, so I hope, 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 hope that it happens. Cece says, when you were a liberal, were your views of the world as skewed as current liberals, especially regarding a subject like Israel? Um, you know, I've always said that, although, you know, look, the book right behind me is a defense of liberalism, and, and in now it's a, I'm a conservative, I get it, I get it. And by conservative, I mean I love this country, I wanna conserve freedom, I believe in individual rights and the Constitution, I want people to make decisions for themselves and all of that stuff. That makes you a conservative. It doesn't mean we all have to agree on every little thing, including abortion, I think, by the way. Um, but I wanna conserve this freaking thing. And, I, and, and people on the right are decent and tolerant and good, they're treated horribly by the media, and I can't find anyone decent on the left anymore, basically. I, I can find people who think that they're on the left, but just don't realize it, and, and I know it takes some time, like it takes some time, I get it. We're gonna, we gotta build that bridge, move those people over. Um, I don't think I was ever as completely bananas as the left is now, I, I, but you know what? That's for somebody else to judge, not me. I guess you could go back and watch my videos. I Honestly, I, I was thinking wrong about things. I did not understand the fundamental issues properly. And as I always say, the reason wokeism and modern leftism has caught on is because it's a mind virus. A virus is very easy to catch and hard to get rid of. It's very easy to catch an idea where you're told everyone who disagrees with you is a racist. Boy, that feels pretty good. Everyone that disagrees with you is a bigot and a homophobe and all that. They're the worst things in the world and you're the best thing in the world. It's the easiest virus to catch and it's very hard to get rid of, but we welcome the refugees. Uh, Kendall says, I joined locals just to participate in your Q&A. All right, here we go. Here's my question. If you and David were coming over for a dinner at our house in Florida, what kind of bourbon should my wife and I have ready to serve? Because I'm a bourbon guy, I'd love to share a dram or two with you one day. First off, I will be in Florida and maybe we're gonna do a meetup. I'm gonna be there June 17th to 20th. I'm interviewing the mayor of Miami who's just absolutely awesome, Francis Suarez, who's just building a tech empire in Miami, which is just great. And uh, there's just a lot happening in Miami. I'll leave it at that for now. Um, and as for the bourbon, you know, I'm more of a tequila guy. I've been big on, te you know, I'm a wine guy and a tequila guy. So I'll leave the bourbon up to you. Uh, but if now that you're in the locals community, we do these meetups where I only tell the locals people where I am because I can't have these lunatics finding out where I am and it's worked out well so far. Um, I probably just blew it right there. We had a good run. Um, but I leave the bourbon up to you. And uh, what did, well, Connor, you brought over a monkey, monkey shoulder. Monkey shoulder, that's a whiskey, I think though. But we knocked that thing out. I mean, whew. Oh, the headache. Anywho, guys, uh, part one of my interview with uh, David Horowitz, who was the original why I left the left guy. David's in his 80s now. He was a communist and a Marxist. His political evolution is, is just extraordinary to watch. Uh, part one is up right now, and the full episode is also on Locals right now. And for the first time ever, we actually had to edit something for the purposes of YouTube. I, I, it, when, when I do this show, when I do my interviews, we don't edit for content. Only once before in all the years that we've done it. You know, we've edited if someone really had a coughing fit or something like that, um, or if one time the power went out, like some weird things like that. But we've never edited for content. Uh, I only did it once before because one of my guests showed up really drunk and stoned and I, we, the interview was just crazy, so we just felt we had to do that. 
um, although I wasn't happy about it. But this interview with David Horowitz, we actually had to edit out a couple lines because he said some stuff as a free person in the free country of America that would get this channel deleted off YouTube. And the truth is I, I have a business to run and employees to pay and everything else. So we did follow the YouTube rules and we cut those pieces. We actually edited them. We put in a sound bar and all that. Part one is up right now. Part two, which has the, the edited stuff, will be on YouTube, but you're not gonna hear the stuff because we're just gonna be bleeping it out. But if you wanna listen to the full thing, it's so funny, I started a tech company because I knew all this bullshit was coming. Uh, and you can watch the full episode right now at rubenreport.locals.com. And guess what? We're not gonna ban me, you know? There isn't gonna be a meeting. Dave, we'd like to sit down with you. We're banning you, Dave. Uh, Friday, guys, the panel is back tomorrow. We have former Congressman Trey Raydell. We have Spencer Clavin, who I've wanted to have on the show forever, and Nicole Safier. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. We're just doing a sort of a, re, a news recap. I've been doing these Fridays on sort of specific topics, but I just felt like there's just so much going on this week that let's just do like a full-on recap. Uh, anyway, enjoy the day, everybody. Hope you, hope you enjoy the show. Hope you're feeling good about life and the way of the world. Things are gonna be all right. Uh, I'll be joining uh, Seb Gorka on Newsmax. Is that live? I know I'm, I'll be live in about five minutes. So uh, I will see you there. I'll be wearing the same thing. What will you be wearing? Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.